listening to the Fans of Wrestling Show on the FOW Radio Network. I am Patrick with Danny Danger. Mika Villas back again. How are you guys doing? Doing good. The weather's heating up and, uh, you know, WrestleMania has finally settled down. We're about a month out and uh, back into into the, the full regular swing of things in the wrestling world. It's hot outside. Wrestling's, like you said, hotter than ever. Things are rolling into this summertime where that means there's even more wrestling on the card, no pun intended, and I'm here for it. Well, the scene is definitely hot, and man, pro wrestling, it is on fuego. Uh, And people specifically are turning heads. Uh, One to mention is the artist formerly known as Dean Ambrose, or back again as John Moxley. Uh, as one Moxley decided to take his old WWE Twitter handle that he was forced to create um, to go ahead and rename it under his old moniker that he used in the Indies before signing with the Fed and putting a pretty nice-looking produced video uh, that has had people talking. And, well, it, what exactly does this mean? Is this the return of John Moxley in the independence? Or is this, as so many people are saying, a work to make people believe that that's the case? When, in fact, he's likely resigned with the Fed and just, you know, working the people. It could be either, you know, I mean, he could say, oh, I'm a free agent. And then, you know, Dean Ambrose is done and then come back. And uh, I mean, even could come to the Fed as as Dean or as John and, uh, you know, play like a loose cannon, like I'm not even supposed to be here kind of thing, you know, start showing up. Um, or he could be ready to hit the independence. But, you know, I mean, I don't I don't know. It seemed a you know, people were speculating left that takes some talk from wrestling, um, you know, but when you can kind of make your own rules and set your own schedule, sometimes, you know, you can kind of take, you can take some bookings and still have some time off in between then. If you actually get out and, and hit the road, um, you know, star of his caliber probably would not be packing into a car with three or four other people and driving halfway across the country for $40 a, uh, a match. Um, so more than likely he would get the superstar treatment, you know, flown in, rented car, or, uh, you know, gets to kind of pick and choose his opponents, do meet and greets, earn quite a lot uh, doing that at, uh, you know, different kinds of events. I mean, he could work places like he used to as Moxley. He could also go do some of your more family-friendly places and and rack up a crap ton signing signing Dean Ambrose action figures for, uh, for everybody and their mother. Um, I mean, it's, you know, the video came out a couple days ago. You know, still remains to be seen what exactly it means, but people sure are getting excited about it. This video has been analyzed more times than terrorist plots around the world. I, I just came out today as we record this is, what is this, Wednesday? I believe it came out early, late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning or what have you. Um, I happen to be up in the middle of the night as I am, and somebody reached out and said, oh my gosh, have you seen this? And it is one minute and 27 seconds of pure uh, speculation. Was it back and to the left? Was it the grassy knoll? 
was this, you know, it's so much in this video. Um, they fuzzy dice, 525, Viper Room, a dog, a big dog chasing him, breaking down the walls. There's so many different references um, in the video that people are pulling and saying, oh, he's going to AEW, he's going to be a double or nothing. The production quality of the video is very high quality, WWE Films style, um, some people are saying. The fact of the matter is, no matter what the outcome of the video is, as we sit here now and talk about John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose, we are more invested in this person to see what he's going to do next. When it was announced that he was leaving WWE, nobody cared. Everybody was like, well, not really. This is weird. They keep talking about it. This is weird. He's not going anywhere. We didn't buy into it fully. We didn't really put a whole lot of time, effort, or uh, words into him leaving. Just like, it is what it is. But now, with him changing the name back to John Moxley, with him unfollowing all the WWE people he was following, um, him using Twitter, which Dean Ambrose, notoriously, John Moxley, whoever you want to call him, notorious for not using that Twitter at all, putting this out there, has tongues wagging, has wrestling Twitter, uh, all a Twitter, and it's good for him and his brand, whether it be a WWE brand, whether it be an independent contractor out here doing double or nothing or just, you know, showing up at, I don't know, CZW, his old stomping grounds. The fact of the matter is we're talking about John Moxley. We're excited about what's to come. and. That's going to put butts in seats somewhere, wherever it is that he rolls the dice and winds up at. Not only are fans the ones talking about it, but so are uh, wrestlers. And we've seen many wrestlers uh, tweet out you know, their own thoughts, comments. Uh, I'm sure there's a huge line uh, ready to welcome him back in the ring you know, whenever he does eventually make this return. If he does make this return, if this is legit. Now, I'm not saying it's not, but I mean, like you guys said, I mean, the, his exit was acknowledged so much. The last uh, exit that was acknowledged to any extent was CM Punk when he left as champion. And we know how that turned out. That thing didn't even last two weeks. Here, well, we, we have something that could be similar. But we're not sure. No one is, is for sure. And, and until he wrestles in a match outside of the Fed or shows everybody that he's back, then we'll see. But only time will tell. But whatever he decides to do, I'm excited for it. And then know that you know he's. I if I if I can think correctly, uh, he is the biggest star to leave the Fed and go back to the Indies since Cody Rhodes. In, 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 of that caliber. Punk left, yes, but Punk didn't do anything in the Indies. You know, he tried terribly to go to the UFC, but other than that, you know, he didn't go to a career in the Indies. So, you know, I think he's going to follow that path, and if he decides to do that, he's going to be very successful wherever he goes. Uh, 
And if he decides to go back to the Fed, he'll be just as good. I think that right now the ball is in his court to decide to do whatever's best for him. And, you know, how long can he be happy doing his performance art when he's away from his missus so long? At least, you know, that, that has to play a factor in it. So we shall see. But, yeah, John Moxley right now, turning heads. Everybody's talking about him. Everybody's tweeting about him. And what is next? Well, you know, there are a lot of places that would love to have him. But who will be the first? Who will be paid the price? Because, you know, John Moxley ain't wrestling to pay his dues or any exposure. You mean he's not wrestling for the, the, just the pie? No paid exposure? Jeez, that sucks. So other stuff going on with the Fed, they just announced as well that they are... Going back to Saudi Arabia. They didn't specifically say Saudi Arabia in the information. They just listed the city that they're going to, but they didn't actually mention Saudi Arabia. I think that's their clever way of trying to make people, you know, of not get that buzzword out there. And advertised for the show are Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, The Undertaker, Kofi Kingston, Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, and Bill Goldberg. Of course, Brock Lesnar uh, making it known this past week that he is retiring officially from the UFC from mixed martial arts one more time. So he's closing that door, which means the door is open for him to return in a more part-time basis or a from-time-to-time basis. With the Fed. And of course here. Probably getting a very nice payday. Uh, and the other name. Bill Goldberg. I, I don't remember him ever actually. Retiring or talking about retiring. Uh, but. Here. Must have gotten another offer he could not refuse. Because both of them are heading to. Saudi Arabia for June 7th. Well we've seen that that Saudi money can. uh can bring a lot of people back, you know, Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement. The Undertaker technically is no longer employed with the, I guess he has more of a Legends deal. He doesn't have a regular deal, but they're advertising that he'll be there. Um, you know, for those for those big, big paydays, yeah, they, uh, you know, could, they'll bring you out of retirement, I guess, uh, bring you back into the fold and, you know, to give the, the fans over there uh, the kind of matches and, and personalities that, you know, they haven't been able to see live and in person. They've only been able to watch on video for years and years. I mean, it's kind of crazy that this, this Saudi money can raise the dead and the old and those who are put out the pasture. I guess maybe it's not kind of crazy. It's just the fact that here we are in this society of ours where we, you know, preach about doing what's right and what have you in the WWE, this multi-billion dollar company. It's just going overseas in in front of all of our faces and making this blood money. And um, like it or hate it, I mean, you got Goldberg, you got Lesnar. I understand them trying to give the prince and all the oil barons their money's worth. But at the end of the day, I also just really think about that humanitarian efforts that they are throwing out the window or... Just, you know, saying, hey, this money's good. Let's not pay attention to, you know, the 
atrocities that are happening on this side of the world because, again, their money's so damn green and good. No matter what, at the, at the end of the day, that money is going to be green, and it's going to be a lot of it, and they need it. You know, they uh, until they they until they get the big uh, TV deals to hit the books in the fall. You know, they need uh, to make the numbers pretty, and man, their summer numbers are going to look very pretty uh, with uh, you know this um, this paycheck coming in for the show and. Yeah, you know, it's business as usual for them. They went ahead and had, what, two shows last year? If not three, I can't remember. Uh, the Mice of Burr. Uh, and now they're having another one, and they're getting all these people to come in. You know, wh whatever the Saudis want, the Saudis apparently get. They're the ones paying for it. And uh, if anybody can deliver, it is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So, yeah, they're going to be there June 7th, of course. Uh, the pay-per-view that was scheduled for that weekend uh, has been canceled. And now, uh, WWE will be holding Stomping Grounds on June 23rd. And that will be in in Washington. Uh, so, that will be the new pay-per-view that they'll have. Uh, I believe it's replacing Backlash, which would have been two days after the Saudi Arabia show. Uh, imagine that coincidence. Yeah, you don't you don't want to talk about backlash a couple of days after the Saudi Arabia. Um, I think that's they they wanted to not give the uh, news outlets that fodder. The irony. For money in the bank. Uh, you know, a, a few more matches have been uh, set. Uh, we currently have eight matches on the show. Uh, more could be added, but let's go ahead and, and take a quick look at these. Uh, this show, of course, Money in the Bank, happening May 19th uh, in Hartford, Connecticut. So Becky Lynch, of course, she's defending her championships, uh, the Raw title against Lacey Evans, and the SmackDown title against Charlotte Flair, The Miz versus Shane McMahon in the Steel Cage, Seth Rollins defending... The WWE Universal Championship against AJ Styles, Roman Reigns versus Elias, and Kofi Kingston defending the WWE Championship against Kevin Owens. But what I want to highlight right now are the two Money in the Bank ladder matches, as we officially have the contestants here. And let's see if we can get an early prediction uh, on who you guys think would win uh, each match. So for the men, we have Ricochet versus Braun versus Drew McIntyre versus Corbin versus Ali versus Balor versus Andrade versus Randy Orton. For the men's, I'm I'm kind of going back and forth between Drew McIntyre and Andrade, um, mostly because I think the storytelling I'm uh, imagining kind of this fantasy, you know, this this storytelling in my head of of where it could go with either man. I think. Andrade, you know, is is definitely one of their one of the guys who could lead the you know the the company for the next several years. Um, you know, and having him win the Money in the Bank and receive the title opportunity, I think, would be a good story. He could kind of be cocky and carry it around. He could defend it against people. Um, you know, I think he could he would be somebody who could hold on to uh, that case for a long time. Uh, Drew McIntyre, of course, has shown that you know. He'll go and he'll beat people up and lay people out. So 
I think he would be the kind of guy who would literally go and make his own opportunity. You know, he would go out and he would just find, you know, find the champion when they're there talking in the ring, beat the tar out of them till they're unconscious, you know, then, uh, then go ahead and do the cash and then literally just have to, you know, hit one more claymore and, uh, and put them away and, and claim the championship. You know, I mean, the other, any of the other guys realistically could win it, but, uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Drew, uh, just because I, I think he's right now he's one of those guys who's poised on the on the outside looking in of the the main event picture and and a win here could definitely help propel him into that. I will agree with you on McIntyre. McIntyre, he's that main event caliber guy um, who you stand up and take notice of him without the Money in the Bank briefcase. With that in his hand, he's even more dangerous than he already is. But Drew is not my pick. He's up there. I, I was torn between Drew and Balor. Balor is way overdue. And Balor is the first universal champion. Never got his rematch or when he got his rematch or blah, 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 blah. I think a program or waiting for, uh, we assume Seth retains his title. And Balor cashes in on Rollins. It kind of brings full circle that story where you know, the match where Finn Balor got hurt um, involved Seth Rollins. And now here is Finn coming back to the top of the mountain by beating the man who essentially put him out, making him have it to relinquish the title. So I think Balor with the case makes sense. Um, and he could go after go after uh, Seth and those two put on a, a great match and Again, Finn reclaiming the title. Definitely a lot of good choices there, and I think that you know the these guys can actually get to the title match different ways. Uh, one guy that I thought would be my pick early on um, would be Andrade. I think that Andrade is the kind of guy that could win this match, uh, do a lot with it. You know, of course, Lena Vega will brag about it day and night. And he is the kind of guy who I think could easily just sneak in, cash in, and, you know, win the belt, uh, you know, instead of making a challenge or whatnot. Uh, I think that the character uh, is suited for something like that. So I'd have to go with Andrade as my pick to win uh, the Man's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, for the women, we have Natalia, Dana Brooke. Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, and Carmella. It's an odd mixture of people. Um, some kind of make you know are kind of making character shifts a little bit. Carmella's promo announcing her uh, her entrant was leaning a, a little more to her heelish aspect as opposed to where she's been babyface and dancing with our truth. Um, Ember Moon makes her return. Mandy Rose and you know Sonya talked about there's only one spot available for you know for the two of us. Um, Bailey, of course, you know showing kind of that more, a little more aggressive edge now that she and has split from Sasha um, and is on SmackDown. Alexa Bliss returns. Naomi returns. Uh, Dana Brooke kind of finding her way in there. Uh, much to the dismay of a lot of people who were hoping that Ruby Riot would get that slot. Um, 
and Natalia, of course, the the longtime veteran, still looking to have uh, her long championship reign in in the new era in the Divas Revolution. Um, you know, into the evolution. Uh, Natty's kind of been been a good hand, but she hasn't been a champion in a long time. I want to go with the dark horse. Um, you know, I think that Bailey probably has as good a shot to win it as anybody. Um, being that she's kind of the, the current big, you know, big name in there. Um, but I, I think I'm going to go with Ember Moon. Um, you know, I think that she, you know, got injured in the women's Royal rumble. Uh, and, you know, was, was quietly gone for a few months and, and also quietly kind of returned at WrestleMania in the battle Royal, uh, there. And has has started putting her, you know, is now on the SmackDown brand. Has started uh, trying to establish herself as a dominant force now that she's healthy. Um, I think this would be the time for Ember Moon to uh, to finally break into that upper echelon. She's in ring is her agility and uh, just how smooth she is with her moves and her transitions and things like that. I think there's there's very very few who could match her. Um, so with the time off, I think she's probably had some time to kind of straighten out her character a little bit, which I think was the big thing that was holding her back. So you reestablish dominance and position her as a major player in the women's division by by having her capture the money in the bank. Compelling argument for Ember Moon. I mean, honestly, I was going with Mella. Mella is money. Um, you want to talk about dark horse, unexpected, out of the blue. Uh, I don't think anybody really expected Carmella to pick up the money in the bank briefcase when she won. And now that she is going back to her kind of heel-like tendencies, I think it would be simple and easy for her to kind of sneak in a win while you have all these other uh, competitors kind of going at it and, you know, eliminating each other. Mella just kind of tosses up or dances up the ladder and picks up that title again um, as Miss Money in the Bank. Uh, my second pick, in case Mella is not money, um, it would be Bliss. I mean, uh, Patrick's favorite goddess is overdue for a, a run. She's been kind of sidelined doing her talk show, hosting WrestleMania, not in the ring physically, um, a whole lot of matches so what better way for little miss bliss to come back with a bang than to pick up that money in a bank briefcase and go after the champion i think that's the, the fair assessment i think that I, I get where you're coming from uh both of you uh i will pick alexa because you know nobody bets against the goddess of the daily uh so that's definitely gonna be my pick but if i had to pick anyone other than Alexa. I would go with Mandy Rose. I think that she's got something that uh, the, the fans are intrigued about. And I think that they, you know, they is also, you know, uh, intrigued about her and see what she could do. She's tan and blonde, so they're they're pretty intrigued by what she can do. Yeah. So with that said, I think that she could also be another one of those who could uh, do well as a money in the bank uh, no winner and hold that briefcase and possibly try to cash in 
and maybe give her that push that she may be eventually getting and this will be a good way to get it to her so money in the bank uh it's uh it's one of uh those matches that is re can be really fun when done right when you put the right people in there and my goodness you got ricochet andrade and ali just those three man put those three just those three in, in a ladder match you got me salivating already uh so it's gonna be a really fun match and of course the women here in a position to stand out and show out and do what uh they can do and i think that they, they've got people here who will be able to step up and people who can definitely shine so th those are the two money the bank ladder matches and see what happens uh but i'm all about it are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. So now let's kind of take a look at some other things that are happening uh, in uh, other in other parts of uh, pro wrestling. Uh, we got the Wrestling Dontaku events on May 3rd and May 4th. Uh, the New Japan uh, will be putting on. And uh, I'm not going to go over the whole entire cards, but I'm just going to go for a couple of matches that I want to highlight from each show. On May 3rd, we have... The never open weight championship match, Jeff Cobb defending versus Taichi, and Dragon Lee defending the junior heavyweight championship against Taiji Ishimori. Then on May 4th, we have Okada defending his IWGP heavyweight championship against Sonata. Of course, these guys have wrestled for this championship before. This is going to be Okada's first defense. Uh, since winning the championship at the G1 Supercard. So these are looking, uh, uh, of course, all of the other New Japan pro wrestling stars on uh, the shows in multi-man matches. They are going to be uh, fun and great, but these three matches specific are going to be really standouts. Uh, your thoughts here on Wrestling Dontaku coming up this weekend. Well, they the way they did the uh, the the tour, the the road to Duntaku shows, and and now the Duntaku's coming up on on May third and fourth, a little bit different than they do some of the other events where they do a series of events that all lead to the big title matches at the show. This one with the road to Duntaku shows, they scattered a lot of the title matches out throughout the tour, so. As we reach the actual Duntaku events, you know, the night one and night two, essentially, uh, the Intercontinental Championship has already been defended. The Heavyweight Tag Team Championships have been defended. The Never Six Man Championships have been defended. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships have been defended. So new challengers have not yet been fully established for those championships. Um but they're already building to feuds and um, and setting up, you know, future challengers for for the next tours. 
um, you know, best of super juniors is around the corner and then kind of the next, uh, the next tour where we'll get the heavyweights back featured a little more predominantly. Um, but I mean, we've seen a lot of decent matches on the road to Dantaku shows, a lot, a lot of the multi-man matches building up to things, but, um, sometimes those can be kind of eh, formulaic other times they can be really fun and exciting. And I think this tour has done a pretty good job of having a lot of those that are, that are, you know, worth, worth their time. Um, I'm really intrigued to see what the Never Open Way Championship does. I know that it seems as of late a lot of the championships have been uh, changing hands on their first defense or their second defense. There haven't been a length, lengthy championship run in a lot of the different uh, in the different championships, and so the Never Open Weight, especially the Never Open Weight Six Man, happens to change hands a lot. Um, Jeff Cobb took this never open weight championship in a title versus title match where he put up his ROH TV title at the G1 Supercard. Tai Chi had beaten Will Ospreay in a tag match. He had pinned him, uh, earning himself a never open weight title match. Ospreay didn't didn't retain at G1, so now Tai Chi gets his match against Jeff Cobb, not the challenger that he originally earned it against. But I think it'll be a really interesting match because Tai Chi is one of those guys who can go. He's there's two different versions of him. There's kind of the sneaky, a lot of backhanded, underhanded tactics, and then there's the one we saw at the New Japan Cup against Ishii, where he channeled uh, his men- his old mentor uh, Kawada a lot, and we saw a lot of fighting spirit out, out of him. Uh, so it's kind of a which Tai Chi are you going to get? And uh, I think Jeff Cobb might get a little of both. Um, but the story with Sonata already being the first challenger for Okada's championship was they fought each other in the finals of the New Japan Cup this year. After that, Okada won. After that match, Okada was was very impressed with Sonata and and said that if I go on to beat Twitchblade J White at G1 Supercard, I will def- I will give you the first shot at my newly won championship. Okada did go on to defeat Jay White. The Switchblade era is over, although Jay White claims it's not, um, as he's put it, put together some impressive wins of the Dentaku Tour. Um, but Okada will defend for the first time against Sonata. Um, I think it'll be a really good match, but I def- I don't think uh, I don't think it's Sonata's time. I think Okada, you know, proved when he ripped through the G or the new Japan cup that he is back to old form. The rainmaker is back. Um, you know, I, I expect a lengthy title run out of the rainmaker. I don't think I'm supposed to disagree with that at all. I mean, Jeff Cobb, I think is on a roll. Jeff Cobb came in a house of fire. Um, like you said, title versus title. And here he is, you know, ready to put it all on the line. So I, I don't see him, um, losing this title because um, he's worked damn hard to to get it, and I'm thinking he's going to work even harder to keep it. Um, we talked about Okada. Uh, there's there are not enough words to talk about Okada's greatness and the fact that he has been here before, um, that he has been um, the the heavyweight champion before, that he has defended his title. Um, numerous times. So even though this is the first defense against Sonata, this is not his first rodeo. So again, he's going to do what he does and just, you know, have a great match with Sonata. But at the end of the night, Okada will still be champion. So 
Um, I think you covered it pretty much beautifully. Thank you. Yeah, definitely uh, agree with everything uh, you guys said. Uh, this match is, uh, should really be fun. Okada should definitely retain. Uh, I could see definitely Dragon Lee also retaining, especially uh, with him uh, being part of uh, the Super Juniors Tournament. Uh, I just think that that the, the you know him being the champion will definitely help him a long way. Uh, but yeah, the never open weight championship that that that's the one that seems to change hands so much. It's kind of like a hot potato uh, championship. Uh, so will, will Jeff Carver retain? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but alas, uh, we'll find out May third. Uh, but yeah, both uh, shows will be available. Uh, live streaming on New Japan World, and I'm sure it'll be available on demand later on. It will also have English commentary, as most uh, the big shows in New Japan do. Uh, so definitely check this out. I know we will. Uh, now, also, a show that just passed uh, this past weekend was the NWA ROH Crockett Cup, and of course here we had a big title match between Nick Aldis and Marty Skrull for the 10 pounds of gold, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, and the National Championship was being defended, uh, but the Mac against Cole Cabana, and of course the Crockett Cup tournament itself where eight teams uh, went on to battle for the Crockett Cup, and not only would the Crockett Cup winners win a cup trophy, they would also be crowned NWA Tag Team Champions, as well as we got to see a new women's champion be crowned. Danny, you were there live, in person, in living color. Please tell us, how was the show, your life perspective, and how was it meeting Kojima? I enjoyed the show overall. Um, there, it was an odd mix of teams for the Crockett cup. And, and I don't really know, um, the story of the, of the NWA world tag team championships. I don't know why they were vacated, uh, for what reason. Um, but that was something that we were told the day of, or the day before the show is that the winners of the Crockett cup would also be the new NWA world champions. They had bright, shiny new belts that were throwbacks to some of the uh, the NWA championships, the looks that they used to have um, in, in, in decades past. Villain Club of uh, PCO and Brody King would eventually win the Crockett Cup and become the NWA World Tag Team Champions. Um, you know, they had a heck of a match between the Briscoe brothers in the second round. Um, Briscoe's actually got themselves disqualified. And uh, the brawl would continue. The, the Briscoes would continue to beat them up after the match. Um, but PCO and Brody King were able to pull it off in the finals um, and and become the new NWA World Champions. Uh, I mean, the Rock and Roll Express were there, and they they looked pretty darn good, especially to be in their especially to be as old as they are. Pop out that double drop, double drop kick. Ricky was uh, doing dives through the ropes. Robert was a, a little bit slower, and Ricky was was able to keep up, keep pace with uh, the Briscoes in the first round. Um, 
Other other teams that were interesting, of course, were Nagat, uh, Yuji Nagata and Satoshi Kojima. That was pretty much the reason I uh, made the made the trip up there. Um, great to see both of them live yet again. Um, they they both look great. Uh, I've been watching them on you know New Japan World. I knew they were going to be coming uh, for the War of the Worlds tour, and and was surprised to find they'd be here in uh, in the southeast for the Crockett Cup. So I knew I had to be there. Got to meet both of them. Uh, but it overall the you know the championship matches were interesting as well. Um, I did not expect Willie Mack to lose the uh, the North American Championship to Cabana like he did in uh, in in that defense there. Um, and then we had the I don't know if you would call it return reemergence whatever after the match. Uh, James Storm appeared. And put a challenge. He was saying that, you know, the NWA didn't want him as their top guy as a, you know, he didn't represent what they wanted. He wasn't the kind of champion that they were looking for. So he was, his loophole was to challenge for this new belt. So he laid the challenge to Colt. And as we found out this week that, um, at the war of the world shows, um, with ROH, Cole Cabana will defend the NWA North American championship against James Storm, uh, on one of those dates, the women's match I thought was really good too. Uh, Jazz re- gave up the belt. She's been kind of quiet about why. She just said personal and medical reasons. Uh, but her reign, title reign stands at 948 days. Um, Medusa was there to give the, the brand new belt to uh, the new title holder. Allison K took on Santana Garrett. Um, Allison K picked up the victory um, and is the NWA champion. I think they said that later this week um, they would announce who and when and where uh, her next challenge for that championship would be. Uh, the main event was was a heck of a match. Nick Aldis is is I, he he definitely knows how to work and structure a match really well. And so I think if he has a good opponent who the fans can get behind. And do really well. I've seen him. I saw him uh, a match against Matt Cross. It was fantastic. The crowd really did. They had him by the end. But I've also seen a title match at uh, WrestleCade last year where um, it was Nick Aldis versus uh, the former Jack Swagger. And the crowd really didn't care. Um, so I think if there's an opponent, if there's a good babyface to work against uh, Nick Aldis, I think he could do really well. And Marty Skrull was beloved by that crowd. His line for, for pictures and autographs was easily 10 times longer than anybody else's uh, throughout the meet and greet. Um, the fans were all aboard for the villain, um, and he tried all of his, his villain tactics. Um, all this actually at one point when Camille came in and was going to hit, uh, looked as though she was looking to charge into uh, the villain. Aldis stepped in and actually asked her to leave. So he actually denied that, and he wanted to give a fight. The, the big story was that these guys were longtime friends. Uh, you know, Mark, I guess Nick had been in the business a little bit longer than Marty, and when Marty joined in, Nick kind of took him under his wing as, like, the big brother. And so he wanted to kind of play. He wanted to more so wrestle than fight. Um, but it definitely turned into a fight. Nick was bloody. Uh, Nick Aldis was bleeding very, very heavily. And I mean, I guess you can't really have an NWA world title match without a little bit of blood, um, you know, in, in, in the Carolinas, especially. Um, 
but Nick Aldis retained uh, retained the championship in a very very fun match. Uh, you know the people, the crowd was there and they were all for it and they loved the show. Um, I'm interested to see. You know, it's there. They referred to it kind of as the NWA rebirth. Um, so I guess that's kind of with with all new championships being presented. Uh, you know, they're trying to take it to fight TV. They're doing working relationships with different promotions. You know, that they brought in. Uh, some CMLL stars as well as bringing in Nagata and, and Kojima from Pro Wrestling. It was kind of co-branded with ROH. Um, you know, the North American Championship will be defended on an ROH event coming up in the next couple of weeks. So I'm curious to see what exactly they do with this. Because right now, since the rebirth, they've really only had these two big events, the, the 70th anniversary and, uh, and now the Crockett Cup. So I'm interested to see where and what the NWA plans to do. Um, so far, it seems like they're off to a decent start. You know, old fans and new fans alike are definitely interested and intrigued um, with what they're doing. Uh, hopefully, they can keep up the momentum and kind of continue to build and grow. Yeah, I, I like what uh, Billy Corgan is doing. I think that he's taking his time, you know, not rushing into anything. You know, trying to rebuild a dead brand. You know what I mean? I mean, we all know the lineage of the NWA, but, I mean, that has been watered down so much. You know, so when he took over, people were, you know, thinking, what is he going to do? You know, I mean, we know that he tried uh, to take over uh, Impact Wrestling uh, back in the day. Of course, he failed with that, uh, but his, his love for wrestling... And he decided to go with NWA. So here he is. Uh, he's got a team with him. Uh, David Lagana seems to be his right-hand man. Of course, uh, Nick Aldis is their champion. Uh, and little by little, they've been you know, having these matches, that belt being defended. Cause like you said, the big 70th anniversary show. Uh, a, a big one for them. Another Crocker Cup. So what is next? Who knows? But, you know, the way that it's going at this pace, I think that only good things come out of it. I, I don't think that uh, Billy is set, is going to set up uh, the NWA for failure. And I think that by taking it slow and, you know, building these partnerships, uh, you know, making these right the right investments, I think it will eventually pay off. So good for them. They had a great crowd in North Carolina and, you know, that those ten pound of gold, the series that they have online, it's getting over with people. So that definitely helps. I did just mention Impact Wrestling, the former TNA. Well, they're on the news again. No, they didn't get sold again. That I mean, even though I, I figured that eventually will happen, um, you know. But it was announced uh, that starting May first, the Global Force Network. Was no more. Now it or, or was it the, the Global Wrestling Network? I can't remember. I think it was the global. It, it was Global Force that did the Global Wrestling Network for Impact. I, I, I keep forgetting GWN. That's right, Global Wrestling Network. Well, it's no more. As of May first, Impact Wrestling presents Impact Plus. Their brand new over the top streaming service where members will be able to see 
past episodes of Impact, Explosion, pay-per-views, exclusive events. Pretty much everything WWE Network does. Uh, plus additional online content. Uh, all for the price of $7.99. And that comes with a free 30-day trial. And if you wanted to see the best of the old and the best of the new Impact has to uh, offer, well, it's all available there. So here we are, Impact Plus. Uh, they are, you know, now you've completely done, I guess, either relationship with Jeff Jarrett and Global Force uh, Wrestling, whatever they mean at this point. I'm, I'm still not sure. Uh, but yeah, so here you go. I, I wonder when this marriage would eventually be over, and it is now. And now Impact, uh, you know, has one hundred percent control over, uh, you know, o over their programming and their streaming network, and it's available online. And you know, there's all the apps, and you can also get an annual subscription for seventy one ninety nine. So here's the question. Are we going to take that free 30-day trial and check them out? Is there anything from Impact that we want to watch? Hey, I love the beautiful people. And those one-night onlys um, that they did, they had a lot of, like, back in the day, before, like, they really, they had a lot of knockouts, before they became knockouts or what have you. So I've never seen those. I might, you know, go just for that in my free 30-day trial, of course. The thing that I have the most difficulty with with the WWE Network is the search engine, okay? Trying to find specific things um, I've always had problems with. I don't know, you know, I don't know how they list things. You can search for things, and it brings up weird results. Apparently, that's something that WWE is planning to work on uh, come the summer. There's speculation they're going to revamp the the look of the, the WWE Network and all this, um, you know, and rumored of of even multiple different tier levels for the WWE network um once the fox deal comes into play as well but uh it, that would be my biggest thing if if the impact one is more user friendly than the WWE network is as far as being able to find content and do kind of like Netflix where they oh you liked this maybe you'll like this or you know uh those kind of things. And, and if they, you know, they're going to add quote unquote original content, if it's going to be interesting and interactive kind of stuff, I think it could do well. Um, you know, especially with the little bit lower price handle. Um, but I mean, heck even, you know, maybe getting that for one or two months just to go back and watch some of the old wacky asylum shows, uh, might be worth a few good laughs. You know, I mean, some of those Asylum shows, A, they had some really good matches, and some of them had some really, really terrible matches and some really, really terrible moments and some really, really terrible people they thought were okay to bring in and, and put over. I mean, depending on how, how well it's set up and how easily you can find things, it, it could be could be worth a few months subscription just to go back and watch the, the catalog. Until eventually WWE buys it. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, of course. So, I mean, there's definitely some interest. I mean, people are going to want to check it out. I mean, who doesn't love a free trial? Yeah, I, I got to admit, there is definitely a lot of good stuff uh, that, that was uh, done in the past. 
Uh, so there, there's stuff worth checking out. Uh, so may, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll go on, on on some trials in the next month or so, and uh, maybe wait a month for them to work out their kinks on the on, on the on the network, and then check it out. And then maybe we can talk about it. See so see an old show that that we all sort of cared about. More on that uh, next week or the week after. Uh, but for now, that is it for this week's show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the FOW Radio Network on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play. Follow us on Twitter at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F. Danger. Mika's on Twitter at Mika Villas. I'm on Twitter at Yellowman PA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling. <laughs>